defund the FBI? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Keith Crosby Out of My Mind. This is Podcast 72, Podcast 072. Today, we want to have a biblical conversation about the crazy world in which we live. So join us over the next 20 minutes or so as we provide you a bird's-eye view perspective of a complex issue confronting our culture, the church, and you as we apply God's Word to make sense of it all. And at the end of the podcast, we'll point you towards additional resources just in case you'd like to dig a little bit deeper. So let's get started. Okay, so defund the FBI. I thought you were a pro-law enforcement guy, Keith. Why defund the FBI? I am pro-law enforcement. Blue lives matter. But the FBI is a different situation altogether because the FBI really no longer enforces the law or in some cases obeys the law. In fact, they consistently break the law or skirt the law. And there's been a chain of disturbing events and revelations about their conduct and practices that just keeps bubbling to the surface and things go from bad to worse. This, you know, years ago when they dropped the ball on the guys who flew the uh, planes into the World Trade Center with their flying lessons and everything, that was considered an anomaly. But these days, there's just too many events strung together. It goes beyond incompetence to a lack of integrity. They've lied about FISA warrants. They've engaged in questionable practices like behaving like partisan hacks, trying to undo the election of 2016 with the so-called crossfire hurricane investigation of bogus Russian collusion with the Trump campaign and administration. You have Lisa Page and Peter Stroke manipulating evidence as part of this campaign to discredit the election, the Russian collusion scandal. You have Deputy Director Andrew McCabe lying to his own agents, misrepresenting things when he was under investigation. And what you're seeing is the FBI is increasingly politicized and weaponized. Recently, you might have heard about the attempt to uh, kidnap Governor Whitmer of Michigan by a bunch of crazy militiamen. Well, Yahoo News and BuzzFeed have reported that the FBI confidential informants might have crossed the line from helping with the investigation to outright entrapment. In fact, Yahoo reported this. A closer look into the foil kidnapping by BuzzFeed revealed that some of the informants that the government used appeared to play a far more greater role in the plot than had previously been reported. In fact, the informants had a hand in nearly every aspect of the twisted machination, including its inception. Wait, so what do you mean by including its inception? Well, the informants ended up taking offices within this militia, one of them rising to the position of second in command, and basically seems to have had a hand in instigating the plot. It's not the FBI's job to instigate plots and then arrest the people who bite. That's entrapment. Their job is to investigate. And what you're seeing here is an increasingly politicized and reckless FBI. You're beginning to see a corruption that seems to be systemic, and it calls the usefulness and reliability and integrity of the FBI into question, perhaps necessitating the need to maybe abolish it and build something new from the ground up, because you're seeing them involved in political matters. Okay, I would assume that when you say that, you're going to have some examples for that. Well, recently, the whole school board thing, you know, with the Loudoun County, Virginia thing and then the Department of Justice asking and directing the FBI to function as sort of an attack dog, silencing parents who complain at school board meetings, treating them like a terrorist under the uh, Patriot Act. 
Okay, yeah, I've heard about that one. Why don't you talk a little bit about how that came about? Okay, well, the na- supposedly, supposedly, the National School Board Association, the NBSA, sent a letter to President Biden comparing angry parents' speeches at school board meetings to domestic terrorism and hate crimes. And so they requested that federal law enforcement step in and silence the parents and other critics using the Patriot Act. Now, the odd thing about this was Education Secretary Miguel Cordona solicited the much-criticized letter from the National School Boards Association. So you had President Biden's Department of Justice send a memo directing the FBI to mobilize in support of local education officials. So the FBI is going to function as a hammer, uh, a weapon of, of uh, oppression. If there was a problem at a local school board, it would be a job for the local police department. But what you have is the FBI beginning to function as sort of a willing accomplice to partisan political ends. And it doesn't end there. Let's talk about the recent terror attack in Texas this weekend. Yeah, I figured that's kind of what triggered this whole um, idea of defend the FBI, because I know that that's been... Uh, pretty controversial from the start as they try to figure out motives and all of those things. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, you know, Mark, to be honest, it is the catalyst for this podcast. We were going to do something entirely different. But what you've seen with this terrorist attack, where they, where this Muslim terrorist, this international terrorist, seized a Jewish synagogue in Texas and demanded the release of another terrorist, you, here you see the FBI trying to do the politically correct thing and peddling a narrative like a mouthpiece for the political left. And the latest oddity or failure has to do with this attack on the synagogue. And let me explain further. Here's a news story where you see the mainstream media, it has its cultural narrative, but you'd never expect the FBI to play ball like that. And so one of the headlines in the leads that I read was, British citizen took members of Congregation Beth Israel hostage during their live stream services capturing the rabbi and three others. It sounds like some guy traveled from Great Britain and came in unexpectedly and seized this synagogue, but that's not true. Yeah, I think what we've definitely seen is uh, the news media has definitely kind of pulled that in a different direction, but why don't you kind of finish out the rest of that story and really talk about how it ties in with the FBI? Well, the FBI was slow to report that Malik Faisal Akram was demanding the release of Aifa. Siddiqui, a Pakistani woman who was convicted and sentenced to 86 years in prison after plotting and attempting to kill U.S. servicemen in Afghanistan. Now, Siddiqui, an alleged al-Qaeda member, she's a virulent, a virulent anti-Semite. She's a hero to the jihadis. She is locked away in a federal prison in Fort Worth, Texas. And there's more to her story. She is a Pakistani-born, U.S.-educated neuroscientist who studied at MIT and Brandeis University. She returned to Pakistan after 9-11 and again in 2003 during the war in Afghanistan, and she disappeared from sight for a while until she showed up on the FBI's most wanted list until her capture. She was arrested planning a mass casualty attack in the U.S. During her interrogation, She grabbed a U.S. Army officer's weapon and fired it at another U.S. Army officer and members of the interrogation team. She was later convicted in Manhattan of numerous crimes, including attempting to kill U.S. nationals inside and outside the United States, and she was sentenced to 86 years in prison. So this guy comes from England via New York to set her free. 
Now, he's obviously more than a British citizen. He's Middle Eastern and he's Muslim. He flies into JFK Airport in New York City and goes to Texas and argues for her release, sees Jewish people, seizes them, takes them hostage. And what does the FBI say about all this? Let me read you a quote from their initial statement. We do believe from our engagement with this subject that he is singularly focused on one issue, and it was not specifically related to the Jewish community. Matthew DeSarno, the FBI Dallas special agent in charge, told reporters Saturday. But we are continuing to work to find a motive, and we will continue on that path. I mean, it should be intuitively obvious to the casual observer that this was no ordinary British citizen. That he, he didn't just fly to New York and then, however he got to Texas, wander into a synagogue to just... This is a targeted terrorist attack. And here's the FBI parroting a cultural and media narrative in lieu of doing good police work and reporting the obvious. Yeah, I think that was so obvious. Uh, and what you saw, I think, on social media especially, was the FBI was criticized uh, left and right for reporting information that was just incomplete. And ultimately, it's just misleading. It's pretending that you don't know because you understand that there's a narrative that's more important almost than the facts. That's it. And they're, like I said, they're functioning in some sort of politicized, weaponized way. They're interested in everything else except international terrorism. They're interested in everything else except the truth, it almost seems. And it got really out of hand. Like you said, social media and some other outlets began to criticize them because it's obvious that this person was an anti-Semite. It's obvious that he was a Middle Eastern Muslim terrorist. He wasn't just a British citizen. And even within the present administration, which is mostly tone deaf and clueless about these things, who would be happy to press this narrative, finally, Joe Biden had to step up and say something like this. Let me read this quote to you. I don't think there is sufficient information to know why he targeted that synagogue or why he insisted on the release of someone who's been in prison for over 10 years or why he was using anti-Semitic or Israeli comments. We just don't have enough facts. Now, here's Biden trying to have it both ways. He's acknowledging anti-Semitic and anti-Israeli comments because he knows that this is a bridge too far. He knows that the FBI statement, part of his administration, is going to be called into question. So he had to acknowledge the anti-Semitism, but he tried to hang on to that narrative. Even a politicized FBI eventually had to sort of retract its earlier statement because it defied logic and common sense was obviously politicized, and the facts were going to come out sooner or later. So here is their later statement. During the negotiations with law enforcement, the hostage taker, Malik Faisal Akram, spoke repeatedly about a convicted terrorist who is serving an 86-year prison sentence in the United States on terrorism charges. The FBI said, this is a terrorism-related matter, in which the Jewish community was targeted and is being investigated by a joint terrorism task force. Now, there's an about face. And here's the problem. This is part of the politicization and the weaponization of the FBI, along with the Justice Department. They're pushing false narratives, politically correct narratives. And, and, and it's just a shame because they used to be such a respected institution. Even in the January 6th debacle, you had informants like Ray Epps. One day he's public enemy number one, and the next day he's working on his farm unmolested and unarrested because he was an operative 
And there's just something amiss there with the FBI. And I believe they've become hopelessly corrupt. We have a Department of Justice. We have an FBI that has become weaponized, that has lost its way. And I think these institutions have to be torn down and replaced like condemned buildings. Hence the title, Defund the FBI. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting here is uh, you've seen this once before in in this weaponizing of an institution uh, with the Obama administration weaponizing the IRS, and so it's just really interesting to to watch these uh, these institutions of government just become so corrupted and, and really so politicized. And I think that's when they start to go off the rails. And so why don't you talk about a little bit as we wrap up here, the biblical principle that we see. Thanks, Mark. There is a biblical principle here, and it has to do with integrity. You know, James talks about not showing partiality. I've quoted that passage in Leviticus about not showing partiality to the poor or the rich. There's a similar principle here. It's certainly those principles, but in Exodus 18, 21, you have this statement, select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials. Now, I'm not saying there needs to be a religious test for the FBI, but you need to have capable men who are trustworthy, who aren't interested in personal gain, dishonest gain, but rather they are interested in serving as officials, public servants committed to the cause and the rule of law. But what we have here instead are corrupt shepherds, so to speak, who show partiality, not capable men, not trustworthy public servants, but government officials that don't have integrity. And this is what the problem with the FBI is, and it's showing up in places like Washington, D.C., or Texas, or Loudoun County, Virginia, or Michigan, and places like that. They are increasingly corrupt. They are increasingly incompetent. They seem to be unable to recognize the difference between a real terrorist and a parent protesting at a school board meeting. And they are corrupt shepherds, not capable men, not trustworthy servants. And something significant needs to be done about this. And that's why I talk about tearing them down like a condemned building, because it appears now that they are rotten from the foundations to the highest levels. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we are seeing here as we continue to talk about it seems like we talk about each week there's just this different institution of government that's becoming politicized or or just uh becoming kind of going on the wrong tracks and i think for us as christians as we we read you know this verse in exodus about selecting capable men from all the people we have to remember that our hope is not in these institutions, and these institutions will eventually uh, all fail us. They will, they will all pass away. The the governments are going to rise and fall, and God is going to command all of those things. And and so our hope ultimately has to be in the one who who's founded this earth, the one who our faith is in, uh, and that's in Jesus Christ, in God, To as opposed to these institutions that are so easily corrupted by sin. Or political parties. And, you know, that's what we learn in the book of Revelation. In the end, it all falls apart, and it takes Jesus's return to make all things new. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for joining us, everyone. If you'd like additional resources, go to www.gracetoliveradio.org and hit the resource button. If you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. Email me at keith at hillside.org. If you'd like to learn more about Hillside Church, visit us online at www.hillside.org. We have church services on Sunday at 8, 9.30, and 11. We have our young adult service uh, 7.15 on Monday night. We have student ministries on Wednesday night. We'd love for you to join us. And by the way, give us a rating. Whatever podcast platform you use, 
give us a rating. Even if you just put one word, it moves us up in the algorithm. So this is Keith Crosby with Mark Stickler saying God bless you and God keep you.